This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm joined with a special guest today, Garland Favrito. Garland, I'm reading through the Trump document, the indictment, and it's like every page. It just makes me think of the work that you've been doing, especially the part where, so basically the he lays out his argument, Jack Smith does in this indictment, as to why Trump is guilty or why he knows that Trump knew that he was lying when he made claims of fraud in the election, which is the most absurd claim. It's the most empty document, free of evidence that I've ever seen reading through any document. It's all mind reading, but I was surprised that they put in there that it was stated by the CISA, which is an intel agency under the Department of Defense, that it was the most secure election in American history, which is impossible to prove, They haven't even tried to prove it, but they have laid that out in the indictment, which makes me, if I'm Trump's lawyer, I go, okay, you have to prove that first, because if you can't prove that, then you can't say that Trump didn't know if you can't even prove it. And then that goes on to talk about how they they know it was secure because of all the election challenges that have failed. And that is where your work has come in. You've done a lot of that, uh, those election challenges in Georgia. And what are your thoughts on that and just on the indictment overall? Well, first of all, we won our case in the Georgia Supreme Court. And we still haven't seen the ballots yet because the Court of Appeals has not sent that remitter back to the Superior Court. And then the Superior Court judge is trying to transfer the case to a biased judge who um, oversaw the Fannie Willis um, investigation. Uh, So that uh, alone uh, really is enough. But, but, you know, as you've been tracking us for the last two years, Brad, I mean, we have got overwhelming evidence in the state of Georgia of a massive attack on the election fraud or uh, elections in Georgia, including fraud errors and irregularities. The uh, Senate Judiciary uh, Subcommittee uh, concluded in their report that there was so much fraud errors and irregularities, uh, systemic fraud errors and irregularities, that they should have never certified the results. So these things alone prove that uh, CISA and uh, Chris Krebs uh, is a blatant liar. In fact, Chris Krebs was fired for his lie. Uh, and I don't think hardly anybody in America believes that the 2020 election was the most secure in uh, American history, even the people who won, uh, they agree that there could have been uh, fraud errors and irregularities. So uh, what an absurd um, claim to make. It's so absurd. It it almost feels like it is intentionally absurd to say that we don't care that we have no evidence. We're showing you that we will prosecute anyway. You mentioned Chris Krebs there, who was the head of CISA when that uh, statement was issued and Trump later fired him. Uh, In 2022, in April 2022, he is on the record saying that the benefit of labeling the Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation, which was a, a disinformation campaign by the intel community, was that the media didn't talk about it during the 2020 election cycle. So they are citing an organization that was led by a guy that as late as last year is still saying, yeah, we did a good job labeling the Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation because it affected the election. And that's supposed to be why Trump should know that he lost because the guy who lies about elections tells him that he lost. 
Yeah, the swamp is deeper than anybody imagined, I think. Well, let me read one paragraph out of this Jack Smith indictment. All right. Um, and this gets to what you were saying, uh, Brad. A cons- he, it, one of the charges is a conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to impair, obstruct, and defeat the lawful federal government function by which the results of the presidential election are collected, counted, and certified by the federal government. And they quote uh, 18 U.S.C. 371. Well, there was nothing dishonest, uh, fraudulent, or deceitful um, to in regards to what President Trump claimed about the 2020 election. Um, it, there was fraud, errors, and irregularities, and he has led the election integrity movement uh, in the country, uh, rightfully so, uh, by pointing this out. And he's right. The evidence proves that he's right. And, uh, you know, just because you have some corrupt judges who have given bogus rulings, that doesn't mean that the evidence is not there. They just don't want to look at it in a court. And it's really sad that the judges are in on this, but that's the fact of the case. And it is absolutely disgusting uh, you know, as a part of the judicial system is really operating as a criminal enterprise to cover up the uh, criminal activity of election fraud. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And, and at the same time, you have all the stuff with his son coming out and, and uh, Joe's links to his son. And it's just blatant corruption. I, I was I'm not surprised anymore. I'm not going to be surprised when they do it in Georgia either because th- there's really nothing. There's no evidence behind these cases. But I was surprised that they brought this one because it feels to me like to prove their case to a jury, if I'm Trump's lawyers, I am going to try and force them to have to establish what they're assuming, which is that the election is the most secure in American history because if you cannot do that, if you yourself can't even do that, then how can you claim that someone was intentionally lying about something that you have yet to prove, which makes me wonder if they're actually going to have to examine some of these election challenges that have been kicked out of court for process and standing reasons. Will they actually get looked at on the merits because they brought this case? What do you think? I think they will. Um, the judges have, uh, because the We've had all these election challenges and the judge, judges didn't want to look at it because it's such a hot potato. Well, now they'll be forced to look at it. They can't go into court and claim that Donald Trump can't present evidence to defend himself. Uh, that's absurd. So I think it will come out or they're probably just doing this for show to see how far they can push it and damage him politically in the hopes that the voters will be stupid enough to believe this kind of garbage. I don't think the voters are going to be this stupid. So, um, I, I, you know, I, we'll have to see how it plays out. Nobody really knows for sure. Uh, but uh, I just see this um, as been very intriguing and giving Trump the opportunity he needs to put the evidence before the American people. I, I do, too. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. I, I just I know they're using a jury trial and they have that judged as they is like an anti-Trump judge. and But I, I don't think you can show people the amount of evidence that is out there 
that undermines their claim and shows how corrupt they are. And I, it, I just feel like any jury that is not just completely being threatened is going to favor uh, Trump in this case. But I guess we'll see. I want to show you something. This is another claim that they make. The state of Georgia is just like five pages in the indictment that talk about the state of Georgia and Brad Raffensperger and that phone call that yeah. he was threatened. In the, no, he wasn't threatened in the phone call. This is the dumbest argument. All you have to do is listen to it. I made like an eight-minute mashup of that phone call. I condensed it from like an hour to like eight minutes, and I posted it a few weeks back. I need to get that back and reshare that. But he's just saying if I, there's fraud out there. We just want to investigate the fraud, and then once you find what we need, you can put the resources elsewhere. He's not trying to pressure him. And Brad Raffensperger was actually asked directly on CNN if he felt pressured. Uh, so I'm putting our I'm putting a, our own self up there. I need to put the actual uh, video up there. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah. So he's asked by Caitlin Collins, who has this show on CNN now called The Source with Caitlin, Caitlin Collins, which it should be called The Anonymous Source that we just made up because they don't ever actually have real sources or information. But she asked him, did, did he feel pressured during that phone call? And here's, here's how he responded. A report from the Washington Post. And so he, he had those facts. He called you. You explained again to him the numbers. But do you believe he was strong-arming you in, to using your office to get him votes that he did not earn from voters? Well, I knew that we didn't have the votes. We knew that we had checked out everything, every single allegation. In fact, he handpicked Bobby Christine, his U.S. attorney from the Southern District, to come up to Atlanta. You notice he didn't answer the question. He paused for like two seconds and didn't answer the question. Binkley, what is new about that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you felt pressured, you say, yes, I felt pressured and strong armed and intimidated. And quite frankly, I'm, I fear for my life even right now. But he just completely dodged the question and goes into his same talking points. If I'm Trump's lawyers, I play that. I say he was asked directly. And he didn't even say he was pressured. Yet this indictment is claiming he was pressured, something he didn't even say. Well, this is not unusual, Brad. I mean, you, uh, Ted Metz, our buddy, who ran against him as the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State, asked him point blank in the debate, which this is a great clip, of why uh, he certified 240,000 votes, phantom votes that came in after the election and after he had reported on NBC the morning after that 4.7 million votes were cast and Donald Trump had an insurmountable lead. And they were going to be finished counting that day, Wednesday. Instead, he turned around and allowed counting of something to go on for three more days and certified 4.998 million votes. That turned the not only the presidential race, but it turned the U.S. Senate race as well because David um, Purdue would have won that um, without a runoff. So that's uh, a little a little background and and he was asked the question twice and didn't and didn't answer it during the debate. So he's always dodged questions like this. This is actually nothing really too new. Right. Yet it's the evidence that they're relying on in this indictment against Trump who is running against Biden and his Justice Department. I, I don't know if you saw Biden's commercial that he dropped yesterday where he calls himself Dark Brandon. 
Did you see that? Dark Brandon. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yet. Dark Brandon is like his e evil alter ego that Trump supporters labeled him, and he kind of is embraced. And on the same day that Trump was indicted or arrested, he he has this Dark Brandon mug, and Biden is drinking his coffee, and he goes, "I like my coffee dark." Which look, it's it is dark. There's no doubt about that, but. His performance was very weak. If he's going to be a supervillain, really own the supervillain. He looked like he was half asleep to me. So I would have liked a little higher production from Biden on that. But I was watching your – now you played some clips. Uh, I can't remember where I saw it. But there was uh, – is in Georgia, and there was a bunch of people who were fighting for election integrity who were speaking out. Where was that? I think it was earlier this week. The state election board well, or something? The state election board. Wow. That was amazing, uh, Bickley. We had uh, the, the, that, that room down there at Cap 341 seats about 200 people. It was packed out. People were out in the halls. 50 people testified. More people were across the street. And uh, it was, they just were very articulate. And they all wanted the same thing. They wanted... Um, they wanted hand-marked paper ballots counted at the polls, uh, and they wanted that's on security-grade paper, and they wanted uh, re recorded, publicly recorded hand counts. And that's why, with those two things, you can ensure that a machine will not manipulate elections, or at least you would have some. Uh, hope that the machine did not uh, manipulate the elections as it appears to have done in 2020 and 2022. Yeah. How did everybody who was at that, because it was packed full, this uh, state uh, voting board uh, hearing, and you're right, they were articulate and they were enthusiastic. They're calling them uh, Brad Ratzberger. And they were, I mean, the room was, it was electric. And I think that they were, the the people who they were talking to were probably a little bit uh, not used to that. And uh, it was kind of cool. How did everybody find out about that from you? Or is that just people finding out on their own? Well, no, we, we uh, mass uh, blast that and, and not just our group, but <clears throat> there's four groups that are working tightly together in Georgia. Um, one is cause of America, Mike Lindell's group. One is our group, voter GA. Uh, then we have Georgians, uh, for truth, uh, and we have uh, CDF, which is Citizens for Defending Freedom. Uh, we're all working together for the same cause, and we all blasted that out, asked everybody to come, and people scripted out what they wanted to say. They knew they only had two minutes. Most of them did a really good job yeah. of getting in uh, their comments. It's just, it's just amazing. In fact, we just posted even the comments went on for four hours on, and uh, we just, it was 2.10 in the afternoon before they actually got to the second order of business. So um, the, the, and, and Gabe Sterling had gone on social media three days earlier and said it was a tiny minority of people. Not at all, yeah. <laughs> who wanted this. Well, the state election board has never been packed out that uh, well, I've been to some crowded meetings before, but no, I've never seen over 200 people in a meeting like I, yeah. that. I was shocked when I watched the video of that and how just kind of rowdy it was in there, but in a, in a good way. And there were people were laughing, they were having fun with it, and they were making their points. I, I might go to the next one. There's another one in is it October 
or September when the next one is. Yeah, the next one uh, will be, I think, let's see, it's three months. So it would that would probably put us in October, uh, first week in October. I think it's probably the first Tuesday. That's um, fantastic, yeah. That's how you put pressure on them right there. It feels like the way the, uh, the process works is has revealed itself and people are paying closer attention than ever before. Yeah. 10, 15 years ago, you were paying attention to elections. Most people weren't, not like they are today anyway. And that has put more scrutiny and more heat on the people. They can't cover things up and get away with it as easily as they used to be able to, which makes me wonder if we have this arrest of Matt DiPerno in Michigan, who he ran for attorney general up there and his opponent arrested him. They call him uh, an election denier. There was two other people that he is associated with up there who they call election deniers who they also arrested. And I believe he got arrested on the same day Trump was indicted. Are they going after people who are challenging their narrative and taking action to reveal evidence against them? Because from what I understand, he revealed evidence that showed that some of the voting machines were actually connected to the Internet. He has all the documents. to You can read through them on his website and decide for yourself. Are they going after people like that? And are you worried that you could be targeted? Well, the, this indictment with revolving Matt DiPerno has taken the war to a new level. <clears throat> Before, it was against Donald Trump. Obviously, because Donald Trump is opposing Joe Biden, so his Joe Biden uh, or his handlers probably went out and got this Jack Smith and the DOJ to uh, come up, drum up these charges against Trump. And as you said before, there is still no crime. We've gone, we've had an impeachment with no crime, then another impeachment when Donald Trump wasn't even in office. That's illegitimate and unconstitutional. Then you had the Alan Bragg thing. Again, no crime specified. And now we have another one with no real crime specified. So this whole thing, they're trying to hang their hat on this, uh, the, the claim for no election fraud in 2020 because they know they stole the election. That's the only reason that, that they would be doing this ridiculous stuff. I mean, all of it's ridiculous. We can yes. have yeah. Yeah. If we want to prove who won the election, you simply make the ballot public record like we've been advocating for for 15 years. And then there's no Democrat or Republican. We can always agree who won. There's no dispute. Uh, so that but the, the, the Perno thing is really disturbing because it takes it to another level. Now it's not just about Trump. It's about every citizen in America who talks about uh, fraud, you know. And so um, <clears throat> my, Matt DiPerno is an attorney. He brought a legitimate case to the uh, Superior Court of Michigan, and I, and it, it had to do with, uh, it was a local election is the case that he actually brought. Um, and that uh, kind of um, escalated when they found out that 6,300 votes swapped in Antrim County, Michigan, from the uh, Joe Biden to Don, I'm sorry for Donald Trump to Joe Biden. And they admit that they they just say it's a mistake, and they 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 admit that, and he investigated it like he should have, and now he's being persecuted for it. Right. So, uh, and they're trying to claim that he tricked the judge. Well, the judge is not stupid. The judge 
ruled that they should look at the machines because the votes flipped, 6,300 of them flipped. And there was no real explanation. It's never truly been explained. And the, uh, the clerk up there in Antrim County deleted the files uh, and to all the log files to prevent the real evidence from coming out. If anybody should have been indicted, uh, it, was, it would have been her. But instead, Dana Nessel, <coughs> who uh, uh, may or may not have been intoxicated as she normally is, uh, decided to uh, in, in come up with this crazy scheme to indict Matt DiPerno, an attorney, for bringing a legitimate case uh, to court. Uh, it's, it's, these are absurd things that are going on. And that's what happens when you let communists control your state. I, I think you're exactly right. I think you're referring to when she was escorted out of a, a football game or a basketball game or something like that in Michigan uh, State. Yeah, it was Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, Michigan State football game, I believe. <laughs> uh, I think, I, I think according to the Gateway Pundit, but they even showed her picture. Uh, and she was pretty far gone with her hat pulled down, covering her eyes. So, um, and, and, you know, so, you know, Dana uh, Nestle and Jocelyn Benson up there, who's the Secretary of State, are, uh, I mean, gee, I don't even, I, I can't say anything good about that. Uh, it's awful. It's, I'm glad that it's being exposed and people are seeing it. What worries me is that there's, I don't want to say half. I think they over-exaggerate how many people just blindly support all of this stuff. But the large number of people that are just celebrating such an obvious abuse of power, uh, Sir Tim of Tunnels on Rockfin makes the, the point here of interesting that the four charges cut their own throat by saying Trump was allowed to do these things under the First Amendment. He's exactly right. He starts off the indictment by saying you're allowed to say these things under the First, First Amendment because he has to do that to justify all of the times Democrats have done it, like Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton. And then he goes on to say, but Trump can't do it because Trump knew that he was lying. The, uh, it's the same argument they always make. It was an innocent mistake by the Democrats. It was an insidious, evil plot by Trump. And it's, there's no law, really, that there, uh, the conspiracy law, the, the evidence that, what, that we've been talking about. What would you tell a jury? Like, like what would be the strongest piece of evidence or argument that you would tell a jury who was hearing this stuff, uh, maybe for the first time? Um, you, now, which case are we talking about? Trump. Trump. We're talking about, about Trump. This, yeah. Uh, and are we talking about Georgia? Well, I'm talking about the indictment right now. Well, I, I do want to talk about Georgia in a second, but just this indictment that he was just uh, arrested for on Tuesday. Well, I mean, first of all, it's clear from just Georgia evidence alone that Donald Trump did not lie. He told the truth. And the, right. people are, and the people who are blaming the indictment are the liars. Right. There's still a case open. Like, there's still cases open that you were granted standing for about the election. And they're having a trial on the assumption that ev all of those challenges have been defeated. We have uh, a half a dozen cases open right now, all yeah. involving 2020 and 2022 elections. What do you think is going to happen in Georgia? In what regard? And when it comes to Fannie, Fannie Willis and the indictment that almost definitely is going to come down at this point? Well, we were hearing that she's going to go after some of the alternate electors. 
Uh, and that's why I sent you that little slide deck that we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's speculation that she's going to try to drum up some a racketeering charge against uh, the former president. How do you do that? He's not involved in any racket. He just uh, exercised his First Amendment right. Exercising your First Amendment right is not racketeering. So, right. so um, everybody has a right to speak what they want to say. Um, and um, that's, you know, that's if they're right or wrong. So uh, in this case, it's not only did he have the right to say it, but he was also correct when he said it. He was right, had the right, and he was right. And these fake, uh, fake electors, they call them. That's a made-up term, correct? Oh, it's absolutely fabricated. Um, and now this the little presentation will explain that. Uh, so it's an orchestrated term. It's orchestrated by central certain areas in the media. They're all say, using that exact same term. So you can tell it's orchestrated. And that indicates to you that it's probably coming from the Central Intelligence Agency and their media assets uh, throughout the world. And if, uh, you know, I think we talked about this on your show before, but the church committee back in 1975 found that the CIA had 200 media assets working worldwide. That was 75. How many do they have today? Uh, in 2016, the book Prostitutes confirmed that they were still uh, operating uh, and trying to lure uh, America into the Ukraine war. Uh, that book was written by a German professor. He ends up uh, having a heart attack before the book is released in America. Uh, that's pretty serious stuff. Um, and um, it, he was basically an insider who exposed the whole thing. So the the operation is still running in 2016. So, Out in the open. It's yeah. like Mockingbird 2.0 supercharged every network has a cia former cia head or former nsa head who they roll out as an the an expert to speak on a subject that is almost always about how bad and how much of a russian trump is they even bring out what, what's the guy uh, his name just slipped my mind but the one who had a stroke a few years back who used to be the head of the nsa well, I'm, I, I think you're talking about James Clapper. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he had a stroke, but he was the head of the NSA. And he actually uh, was found to have lied to Congress uh, about the uh, information. I think it was the prison that um, Snowden, Ed Snowden report um, exposed. So um, I'm not sure if that's him, but that's an example. This guy is, is a commentator on CNN, and he really should be behind bars. Yes, he absolutely. And I was thinking about Michael Hayden is who I was thinking about, who is just like Clapper. But Hayden had a stroke a couple of years ago and he has aphasia and he very clearly has aphasia. Aphasia is when it, it's a communication thing. It's kind of like the, the big ogre looking guy who's in who's in uh, the Senate. And it, it almost looks like abuse. I feel sorry for him, but they bring him out there. And then they just say, Michael Hayden's here to talk about how uh, Trump schemed to do blah, 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 and how it's Russian linked. And he just comes out there and they, they ask him questions and he basically nods his head. Then they roll him back off the screen. It's the most disturbing thing. They're, I guess he signed off on that in his, uh, you know, his power of attorney or something. But I don't know. I'm having a hard time getting these slides to share for some reason. I don't know what's, I don't know what's no. going on with my screen. Well, 
Where What's can- in these? I, I'm trying to, I'll get them on screen somehow. If you can set us up for it while I play with this. Yeah. Um, all righty. So I'm going to go ahead and pull those up as well so that I can talk to them. <clears throat> um, the, there was, first of there all, oh, you got them? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so, first of all, um, there are two precedents for this that we'll talk about. Uh, that's a picture of the uh, election um, commission, electoral commission, from 1876, when the disputed um, the disputed uh, race between Ruth B. Hayes and Samuel Tilden uh, for president uh, in 18 in 1876, uh, and I've got 19 there, which is completely wrong. Should have been <laughs> so that's a that's a mistake. Um, but yeah, go, let's, let's go on the next slide, and we'll talk about why there's no such thing as a fake elector. I think I'll explain it. All right. If you can advance. Yeah, trying to. Oh, there we go. There we go. So here's what happened in Georgia. <clears throat> the Democrats and the Republicans selected their electors in March of 2020. That's about six months before the election. And as you know, the electors cast their states, <coughs> uh, their, <coughs> excuse me, electoral college votes for president. Um, so, in, now, there's been two disputed elections. Uh, one was in 1876 when Louisiana, Florida, and South Carolina had disputes uh, over their election, and they had dual electors, just like happened in 2020. And that race was between Ruth B. Hayes, Republican, and Samuel Tilden, the Democrat. And then an even better example, which we'll get into in a little bit, more is that there were dual electors in the 1960 uh, Hawaii race. Um, <clears throat> and uh, oops, I think there's a mistake there. I didn't have the word Georgia in there. I, I didn't prove these slides well enough. And the disputed contest, um, that was between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. And I will, we'll tell you all about this. And you can find this on electortruth.com. Uh, that's a, a, a great uh, resource site for all this. All right. And so here's what happened in Georgia. The the uh, contingent electors were um, we call them contingent electors. They were selected by unanimous vote of the state GOP executive committee back on March 2020. We were talking about and they were certified to the Georgia secretary of state's office the next day. And the secretary of state published the names of those electors as qualified and nominated candidates, which an elector for president uh, is the one that cast the vote for president. So it's 16 of those people uh, based on the popular vote. The secretary of state published, they published those as legitimate. Absolutely. Okay. So there's no, no dispute. So they all became contingent electors, at least the Republicans did when president uh, Trump issued an election challenge on December 4, 2020, and he filed it. So that's the way it really works. That's the way the electors work. It's the way they always work. And um, they have, um, you know, if, if, if there's a challenge, then the, um, the one of the parties, whoever's challenging, is the, uh, the, the contingent electors. This is the way it's happened in 1960, the way it happened in 1876. 
So uh, the attorneys for Donald Trump filed this legal challenge on December 4 in 2020 in Fulton County. The lawsuit is required by law to be heard in 20 days, but Fulton did not even assign a judge to it by then. And it didn't get scheduled to a hearing until later on, and it was scheduled for January 8th. Well, that was two weeks after the statutory deadline had expired, and it was two days after Congress had counted and certified the electoral votes. So uh, that's pretty uh, amazing. But then, so this elector meeting that took place, which is required by the Federal uh, Act of 1878, um, it uh, occurred on December 14, 2020, and that challenge was still active at the time of this meeting. So these electors were operating uh, in good faith in the public, and they cast their votes to preserve a judicial remedy in case Donald Trump prevailed in the contest. So um, like, as opposed to being in like a shadowy room doing a, a fake elector scheme the way they describe it on the news. Right. I mean, they did so. It was in public. The door was open at the Capitol and it was even reported on Atlanta uh, television. So, and uh, AJC, Greg Bluestein, has just lied through his teeth on this, claiming that it was like a behind closed door type thing. Yeah, just he a, does. Yeah. Just a blatant lie. He gets to go on MSNBC and he just starts lying his backside off. It's a, I don't know, like Jake Tapper, you know, at least he's getting paid the good money to, to lie on CNN national. Maybe that's what he's going for because you're not getting as much to lie at the AJC, but they're all controlled by these Google news initiative networks and all, all of these, they fund all this money down through it. And you might as well be watching uh, CNN and MSNBC, it's just branded AJC, and I can't even tell you, I can't even stand it anymore. I used to like the AJC when I was a kid. Well, Bluestein is triple dipping because he's got that fake book out there as well, um, and uh, that that has a bunch of garbage in it. What's his book? Uh, I can't even remember the title of it at the moment, but it basically, I think it's called Flip. <clears throat> it, it, it claims that uh, the flipping of Georgia from blue to red was legitimate. And we know it's not. This is absolutely not legitimate. Where do you think this is going to go? Do you think there's any chance that they get they get a conviction in any of these cases against Trump? I don't see how they could. I think they're just trying to string him out, uh, harass him, and um, um, you know. But you never know. I mean, look at you talking about the corrupt judge up in New York. Uh, he's, you know, he was an obvious Democrat, um, a campaign contributor, yeah. uh, and he, um, he actually, his daughter worked, uh, I believe, for Kamala Harris, um, and she's a she's a campaign strategist. So clearly, that judge should have been recused, uh, one way or the other. He's not fit to to serve on the case. It's a fiasco, and a, it's and it's a. It's a disgrace that he would even have been picked in the first place, but they had to have a corrupt judge to make a, the, a, some kind of a ridiculous decision. He campaigned on getting Trump, if I recall, and I Fannie yeah. Willis might have as well. I don't remember exactly with her. Yeah, that was Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg, the DA, campaigned on. on that's right. Trump. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the judge uh, didn't, but the, he's a he's a definite uh, Democrat Party campaign contributor which would automatically 
disqualify him. I'm assuming that they will um, attempt to get that him disqualified. I'm not, I don't have the status of that case. Though. Yeah, the problem with these uh, elected DAs and, and judges is that if they don't go after Trump, it, when they are so clearly aligned that way, then their opponents in the Democrat Party are going to say they didn't do anything about Trump and they had all this time. So it just becomes a battle of who's going to persecute their political opponents to, to get votes on the Democrat side. It's 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 so corrupt. Yeah. It's controlled. I don't even want to say George Soros anymore. He's passed it off to his son. But those same forces there. We have. Uh, thank you, Garland, for your hard work from uh, frightening me. And it, how can people help you? Well, uh, OJ.org, you can go and find get information. Um, there's all sorts of things we have out there, but one of the best ways is to donate. We are a 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit, so your donations are tax deductible, and we are volunteers. We don't take a salary or anything like that out of OJ.org. Fantastic. So check yeah. that out. And you do a lot of events, You like you organized that voter that voter hearing had right show up i think that's super cool that's how we put pressure on them do you do you get i know i look you up i I do a search to see what people have been lying about you you know every time you come on the show and i always find a couple things there was one thing that i can't remember what who it was it might have been axios or something that said that they had asked you about uh, a claim you made and, and you refused to respond, which I know that that didn't happen because you always respond to requests like that. And then I, I found this, there was a forum and it was like a college football forum and somehow the electors and all that stuff came up and there's like three pages of people talking about you and you, you'll, you'll feel good to know that there was only one guy who called you a crazy conspiracy kook while like a dozen people were just providing all this evidence of all the stuff that you've done and, and just slamming this other person, making them look like a fool. So you got a lot of people backing you and supporting you out there. And the mainstream is certainly not going to allow that to happen. Do people ever threaten you or anything? No, I got a couple of phone calls um, that were threatening after the Georgia Public Broadcasting put out this false uh, um, uh, article back in June of last year claiming that I was a conspiracy theorist, nutcase, all this other stuff. Uh, And then I had a couple of calls um, like that after that. You know, people don't uh, understand, these media don't understand that when they lie about you, they are trying to agitate folks against you based on their lies, not from something that I actually did that was true. That's a different story. But um, that uh, can be life-threatening. So, uh, but I can't say that they were that, that really happened to me. It was more of a crank call uh, type situation. Uh, so I will, uh, I will probably, uh, really I haven't been uh, that threatened. Uh, the, um, we're, you know, we're nonpartisan. So most of this banner back and forth is between the Democrats and Republicans, or it's the Democrats bashing the Republicans for lying, uh, and the Republicans, some of them are too weak to fight back and tell the truth. <clears throat> but we, we've kind of stayed under the fray by being nonpartisan for most of the time. Absolutely. Well, what happened to Brian Kemp? Um, uh, in, in what regard? He is... The media on the the left, CNN, he is their favorite Republican right now. 
Oh, yeah. Well, they want to, uh, you know, speculation is that DeSantis has asked him to be his vice president if he was elected. <laughs> yeah, that's quite. Thin. Wow. So that's uh, and, and of course, he had, had an adversarial relationship with uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, so that's part of the at least at the end. We, we knew that that was going to be a problem when Donald Trump first endorsed it. Now, he never should have made that endorsement. That was a we kind of pulled our hair on that. But really, it wasn't a good choice because, um, you know, the other choice was Casey Cagle and he was not uh, really a good choice either. So but but we had some other good candidates back in the primary. There were five people running for the governor. And uh, that's uh, there were a couple of good candidates back then. Do you think that Chris Christie has a legitimate shot at beating Trump? No, I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think anybody has a legitimate shot at Trump yeah. an honest election. Right. Could, could they steal it from him? Possibly so. But, you know, Trump is immensely popular because he stands for the people. <laughs> he has like a 50-point lead in yeah. the primary. And I love how they bring Chris Christie on, and he gets more attention and more airtime than anybody else, and they take him seriously. And – he was literally polling at zero percent when he entered the race. That's funny. Yeah, and he's probably still about there. Um, yeah. Hang on, um, Bigley. If you have time, there were two slides we missed. I think the audience might get a kick out of on that uh, fake elector thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, there were the last two slides showed the two examples of eighteen seventy six and also of nineteen sixty. And this is uh, this would be great for the audience to know. Because it, it mirrors exactly what happened to in, in Georgia in, in, in 2020. I don't know if you can get that back. Yeah, up. we pull that back up. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's, I think that we get a real kick out of it because it really uh, uh, shows how absurd uh, this whole fake election thing is. So, yeah, it's going down about five and uh, one more. I think that's the end of the slides. Well, my bad. I'm sorry. I did not get you the correct deck. Um, well, let me let me tell you about. Let's go back to the second slide, and I'll tell you about um, <clears throat> Hawaii. And um, well, it, it kind of says so here. There was a big dispute. Louisiana, Florida, South Carolina. They all had different um, uh, electors, and that was resolved in the U.S. Um, Congress, as you saw in the picture. But the other one that I wanted to mention in Hawaii, it was exactly the same thing. Richard Nixon had three uh, electoral votes. He was declared the winner in Hawaii. The the Democrats um, challenged the race, and they uh, had their own dual electors. They sent the paperwork to Washington to challenge, and they eventually won in court and the three electoral votes were taken away from Richard Nixon and given to John F. Kennedy after the trial, which is exactly what happened here in Georgia. Uh, it was going to happen when they were he he uh, Donald Trump should have had a trial, and he didn't. And uh, it, had he done, had he done so, you know who knows it could have come out differently. So, but that's the president. The president in 1960 and Hawaii is exactly the same president. Uh, that occurred in, in um, 2020 for, for Donald Trump. Exactly the same here in Georgia between Trump and Biden. So that's the irony of it. The You know, if it's a Democrat who uh, wants to challenge, then it's wonderful. But if a Republican wants to challenge, 
then, oh, he's committed all kinds of fraud and stuff and should be indicted. So there's a double standard in America, and I just wanted to point that out. It's kind of absurd, and I can say that because I'm not a Republican, never have been uh, really associated with the Republican uh, Party itself, uh, nor, nor the Democrat Party either. Yeah, I tell people all the time, the first time I met you was when you were talking about the race between Karen Handel and John Ossoff back in 2017, maybe. And yeah. you, you were advocating, you thought that it had been stolen from John Ossoff. Yeah, yeah, it appeared that that was the case, although we've never had enough evidence to to prove that. Um, but there was certainly some votes that were appeared to have been shifted uh, away from um, from Ossoff and possibly to handle. Uh, maybe it wasn't enough to make a difference, but we documented all that, and those studies are up on the VoterGA.org studies tab. Yeah, see, uh, people have this because of the way the media propaganda apparatus targets people with this emotional tribal divide and conquer propaganda nonsense, it just uh, erodes binary. It, it creates binary thinking, erodes all nuance. And if you defend something that's obviously, if you say this is corrupt and you just point that out, you are automatically the, the, the worst of the other side when you might not even be on the other side at all. Like they don't let you take a position that's not one or the other because they, they need to keep people thinking that everybody is the enemy who disagrees with their narrative. And that if being able to break free from that binary thought, I think would make their whole, their whole power structure crumble. Just being able to say, I, I can see corruption and also not be someone who is just a MAGA trupper. Like, I, I feel sorry for people who, th there's this video clip, I don't know if you saw it, but after he was arraigned, Trump shows, Trump crashes a wedding at one of his golf clubs in uh, New Jersey, and there's somebody who's got cell phone footage of him, and Trump's walking in going, yeah, and everybody's like cheering him on, and then he walks over to the bride and groom, and he's like, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful, this woman, look at her, she's so beautiful, and then right as the video cuts off, he goes over, looks at the guy and goes, you're so beautiful, I mean, it's hilarious, and people who are just hate him so much, I feel sorry that they can't enjoy how truly funny of a person he is. Like, you cannot like Trump and also think he's funny. Both of those things can be true, but people's brains are just, like, eroded right now. Yeah. Well, it's either, um, you know, it's what do you want to do? You want to look at his personality or his policy, so. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's issues. I understand that some people have issues with his personality. I, I get that, even though, like you said, he's really funny on occasions. But the bottom line is, are his policies right for America? That's what people need to be judged. Exactly. And CNN had, was reporting on it at the same time I saw that video. There was uh, a lower third text graphic that said, uh, Trump is deflated and sour and angry after the arraignment. And meanwhile, there's a video clip of him like partying. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. All right, you. Garland. Lying to their teeth. Absolutely. Anything I missed? Anything you want to cover before we get out of here? No, I think we covered everything. Uh, that's really, um, uh, I, I think we got it. All three of those things are very important. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining me on the show. I always love having you on. I, I you know, I forget that you've you've published a book. I actually I stumbled across that last night when I was reading your stuff. And uh, you don't ever advertise any of that. You don't. A lot. Most people go on shows uh, in the mainstream media and stuff, and they're just. 
They're just, they're selling stuff and they're trying to bring in millions of dollars. You're just trying to get the information out there. So I would encourage people to go donate to Garland, help his efforts, buy his book. I think what your book is about, is it in the aftermath of 9-11? The the book is called um, Our Nation Betrayed, but in the last three chapters of the second edition, it does go into uh, 9-11 a little bit. It was the first published book that questioned the government's version of 9-11. And that occurred, um, we published that back in June of 2002, about nine months after the attack. Fantastic. Yeah, so we have a comment from Very Safe Biolabs about uh, Trump, his Rosie O'Donnell comments, his his humor there. Uh, Yeah, totally. Thank you again, Garland. Support Garland's work, Voter GA, Voter GA on Twitter. Facebook, Voter GA also, and we will talk to you guys next time. And if you, fan- want, if you oh, want to expose truth and demand transparency. The T-shirt, so you can get those at Voter GA. No, we don't have those on them on uh, through fulfillment, but if you're in Georgia, you can pick one up. We're going all over the state now. So. When's your next appearance? Uh, we'll be down in Southeast Georgia um, this upcoming weekend. Not this weekend, I guess it'll be next weekend. Fantastic. So we'll be in, we'll be in uh, several, three different places. Uh, Jessup, Bryan County, and Savannah. All right, man. You're everywhere. You're spreading the you're spreading the word in Georgia, which clearly it's working. And th- these on the ground efforts are the way to do it. So uh, keep up the good fight, man. You're, Thanks, uh, you're we will. inspiring you a lot of people. You too. <laughs> Likewise, keep up the good fight. We'll see y'all later. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Bye bye. And.